everyone and welcome to this week's Kent Online podcast with me, John Phipps and Matt Gerrard. Another busy old show for you this week as the climax of the season draws ever closer. It's our 37th episode this week and according to um, Wikipedia, that's the number of plays written by William Shakespeare. So in honour of that, Matt, how art thee? Thou art fine, John. I'm trying to think of something clever to say from there. That, we, I was probably, we're supposed to rehearse these input lines and things like that. So um, I'm much ado about nothing, John. But that bad, bad night. Very good. Yeah, I like to put you on the spot with these things. So I'm glad that one uh, <laughs> panned out that way for you. Um, yeah, no, another busy week though, hasn't it been? I mean, so much, so much is going on, and we're still nowhere sort of near knowing who's gonna who's gonna win what, really, are we? Yeah, but it's all the games have been called off after seasons and things like that the big uh, big games yesterday but Tuesday so and you're thinking well, what I thought on Saturday at 5 o'clock not necessarily is what I think yesterday at 10 o'clock so yeah real ups and downs but it, for a lot of our Kent sides there's still a, great, a lot a lot of stuff to play for isn't it? it certainly is and, and we're going to obviously go through everything but I think there's only one place we can start this week how about a cup final on Sunday afternoon, myself and more than 900 others headed to the Gallagher Stadium for the Kent Senior Trophy final between Sheffield United and Whitstable Town. The Ites had the better of the first half and I'd say deserved their lead at the break, given to them by Amari Hibbert's penalty. Although having seen the penalty decision again, it wasn't the most cut and dry decision you'll ever see. As you'll hear in a minute, Scott Porter wasn't best pleased with Whitstable's first half showing and he took a brilliant strike from Joss Birchill to bring them level, the left back lashing in a volley. After that, the Oysterman took control but couldn't find a winner in normal time. But just two minutes into extra time, they were ahead. Tom Bryant heading in from a corner. Although there were some Sheppy protests that it hadn't crossed the line, they didn't seem that irate about it all. Whitswell defended really well. For me, Bryant was man of the match and held on to win it 2-1. After the game, I caught up with the match winner and the winning manager. So here they are, Tom Bryant and then Scott Porter. Uh, winning gold in the cup final then, Tom. How, how pleased are you? Uh, well, it was back against the wall, weren't it? Most of the game and we'd always said, you know, the first half it weren't good enough. You know, and we got we got a hiding insight in at half time, and, and we knew knew what we had to do, and we knew that set pieces were effective for us. So, you know, the goal's a goal at the end of the day, in my eyes. Did we it? had one chucked off first half. I don't know why, but same sort of same sort of thing. But you know, goal's a goal. Did it definitely cross the line because there seems to be. Yeah, a it was about... miles, but yeah, it was miles. He was in the net, so he was in the net, and he's pushed it out of his arm and it was post. Um, <laughs> generally, you, you defended like Trojans all day, didn't you? Yeah, I mean that's what we've done. The run that we've been on, we, we've had, we've, that's exactly what we've done. We've, we've, it's been back against the wall most of the game. The way we play, we're always under pressure, see. So, but the back three and the, and, and the, and the goalkeeper are we're solid as a rock. We are. We know exactly where everyone's going to be, and, and you can see that when we, when we play every week. So, great celebrations at the end as well. But there's, there's a lot more things left to focus on, aren't there? Yeah, exactly. We, you know, we knew that. that you know, enjoy today, enjoy the moment, and then we got Tuesday and Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. You know, for a month, so we got that to worry about as well. So that's but, in the back of our mind. But does winning this give you so much more belief to go into the games you got left uh, in the league? Massively. You know, we we've got belief anyway in there. There's, there's the, the we got winners everywhere in there. It's, it's unbelievable. You know, everyone, no one likes to lose, and you can see that we won all these games and we ain't won them by luck you know we've won it we've worked hard every game we come off and we think yeah we put a shift in there and you know and it showed today as well so Scott uh, Kensington Trophy champions how does that make you feel yeah it's immensely proud of the, the boys myself the football club uh, yeah it was hard it was a hard slog uh, we've done it the hard way but yeah my boys just just don't give up as simple as that and uh, yeah really proud proud moment and, you know to win my first trophy with Wistful. I brought, got brought here to win that. I said I'll produce it. 
it's one out of three, so yeah, let's move on to the next one. I thought your team defended really well today. Yeah, that's our plus points. And to be fair, first half we were not at it at all. I said to the boys, don't let the pitch affect how we play. You know, everyone knows we're direct. You know, uh, we did too many touches and we give them too much uh, time. Uh, and no disrespect, I was happy to come in one 0 To be fair, uh, cut a little half. You know, I don't think the goal was a foul, and I thought we had a penalty. Uh, so decision didn't go our way, our way today. Uh, but I wanted to get in at half time, just at one 0 really. To be fair. And then obviously you, you got the goal back, didn't you? A really good finish as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it sparked us into life really. You know, I had a, a big rare up in there. To be fair, at half time, it obviously worked. The goal sparked it as well at the right time. Uh, yeah, that's a great goal from Birchie. You know, it's, it's, uh, and then like you say, we just just we, we, we kept to our game plan in the end, and it worked. We hit the balls in the channels, and we were getting we were creating chances. I think you changed the game. We obviously had the momentum of the goal, and then you sort of changed the shape a little bit as well, didn't you? Yeah, obviously Danny, come on. Uh, he's been unlucky not to start, to be fair, because Sean's been Sean's been good. But we didn't play to our strengths first half, and it, it showed that. Uh, and like I say, Danny's running makes a difference. We stretch seams. Uh, same as Ricky did, you know, they don't give up. Uh, and like I say, we, we, we had the better, you know, we had better chances. I guess all the games you've got left to come, an extra half an hour was probably the last thing. Yeah, I didn't it? want it. I didn't want it. I didn't want it. Uh, but the emotions going around, everything uh, was massive, you know. Uh, but yeah, it, it is what it is. And to be fair, we, we, we just dug in and stuck together. And Tom Bryant popped up the winner. I thought he was superb today. Yeah, Tom's been brilliant all season. All brilliant all season. Uh, but the whole back three were wing backs. Apart from the first half, I can't fault the lads, you know. Uh, and like I say, Tom, Tom's a leader, and he's a great header. Big celebrations at the final, which obviously meant a lot to you. Uh, yeah, it did because because I've done it with Hive in the, the, the cup before, uh, and to get that close, you know, and it, you know, it goes a bit against you with the decisions. We didn't get the rubber to green decisions today, uh, but all the fans were here, family, friends, and yeah, it's it's big celebration because I think the club deserves it because what Joe, the chairman, has you know, come back into the frame and turned it around and back me, back the players. Uh, you, you, want, you don't want to get to a final and not win, do you know what I mean? And there was a lot of motions going around, but, you know, that's because your heart's in it. And the, your fans, I thought they, they made a great noise. They were probably outnumbered behind that goal, weren't they? Yeah, they, they were. Shep- noise. Yeah, Sheppard got a lot of support. Uh, but our fans are, are top in my eyes. Uh, they spend loads of money to come in home and away and they do everything they possibly can to give us that extra, extra lift. And like I say, we just want to thank everyone for their support here today. It was a good crowd. Uh, and like I say, it's a, it's a big moment for us. And you move on now. I guess it's, you know you've done one one part of, of what you want to do this season, but you've still got a lot of football left to play in the league. Yeah, we got to enjoy tonight. When tomorrow morning I'll be looking at Tuesday, and then I'll look at Wednesday morning, look at Thursday, and then look at Saturday. So yeah, we know what's you know, but that's why I didn't want to lose today because I want to keep the momentum. That's 19 unbeaten, a cup final victory, uh, and now we can concentrate on all these league games. And obviously you've got on Tuesday, but the big one Thursday looks like a big one, doesn't it? Quite yeah, quite definitely. Yeah, we've, we've said that. Uh, but we got to say, like I say, we, at the minute we're just taking each game that comes. Pick, pick, done tonight, we're done today, and then we pick, hopefully pick one out of Glebe and then we move on. What's it like at the moment? Because obviously you've got so much fixture congestion, I guess you're hardly training, are you? Don't train at all, can't. Uh, to be fair, I don't really see my family, you're just, you're just in football. Uh, but that's, that's what you get for being successful, no disrespect. We're getting punished for it because of the fixtures, because of the, not the games we should have got early on in the season. So it builds itself up, especially with our weather. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, we boys know that, and we just keep keep working, keep going. Just funny, you look at that league table now. Do you, do you fancy your chances? Yeah, all day long, all day long. I won't give up till it's whatever. 
And I want to win three competitions, and we've won one. And we move on to the league now, and we've got a lot of league games until the next final. So the main priority now is get back on the league. I suppose for the second place being almost certain to be a promotion spot as well. You know, that's a, a backup if you don't manage to win. Yeah, of course. Place. Obviously, Seven Oaks, are, you know, they've got it in their hands because of the games and everything like that. And we've got, you know, especially this today. But. I want to, whatever competition I'm in, I want to win. And uh, we, like I say, we just got to go for it. Uh, and that's what we're going to do. We're not going to hold nothing back. We'll dust them down in the morning and go from there. The week got even better for those two on Tuesday night, as well as they beat Glebe 4 2 at the Belmont to move level on points with Crowborough with a game in hand. Those two meet on Thursday night in a huge game in the battle for promotion. But Whitswell, Matt, great for them to win the cup. And the, and, but you get the feeling from those two interviews that winning the trophy is just part of what they want to achieve this year. Yeah, Scott Paul is a manager who's managed at a high level, um, a deep level with Hyde, and he's, he's used to success. He's clearly brought that to us. What we're saying now, we're saying there's two coming up from the scaffold, is that right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so it is a massive game against Crowbar on, uh, on Thursday. Now, Crowbar, you know, good position, were in front a couple of times last night and lost the game. Whistable scoring goals, that extra confidence. Um, Whistable, in my opinion, probably is a Devon Bostick South club, so... If they can get promoted, they've got a good chance. Of course, this is a Kemp podcast and Crowbar is in Sussex, so we want Whitstall to go ahead and, and get the result. But confidence is high, scoring goals. And again, one trophy on the board. If you offered them, you know, good chance for none in the other cup final and promotion, it looks like a, a great season. Could be Whitstall uh, away. And probably Scott Porter, he said before, it's taken a while to build the squad up. It's finally getting there for him now and it could be a fantastic end of the season for them. Yeah, I think it was interesting because when I was watching the game, I, I kind of was looking at it thinking, does this perhaps mean more to Sheppard because this is all they've got to play for? But at the final whistle, the celebrations from Porter and his players showed that that actually meant an awful lot to them to win that. Yeah, I see that Gilman, who I quite, he was used to play for Dover again uh, when they got to the third round of the cup when they played Huddersfield. He was captain that year and I really thought he was a very, very good player. And sort of um, career... Didn't go with the parts from that, but he had a good, you know, background. I think he was at Luke from the start and went to Bromley, etc. So, you know, he's got some good players there. Welford, we know all about as well. But, so, the quality of the game, John, was it before the cup final? It it wasn't really the best game of football I've ever seen. I mean, it's obviously it's a clash of styles, isn't it? Sheppy likes to play the ball on the floor, and Whitstable like to be a little bit more direct, and that's the way they are. But what was really interesting was Whitstable started off with three at the back. And two wing backs, but the wing backs didn't get forward too much. Then they kind of had three in the middle, and they all kind of sat quite deep. And the, and the front two were quite isolated. And they had uh, Welford and Freeman with the front two at the start. They brought Welford off quite early in the second half, which was a little bit of a surprise, and brought on um, Williams instead. And he was a real handful. And that kind of changed the game. And they got the equaliser. And then when they got the equaliser, it wasn't long after that the goal scorer Birchall went off. And then Whitsell went to a four four two. And when they went to a four four two. Whitswell, for me, were a much better side. And at half-time, as I say, I thought Sheppey deserved to be in front at half-time. But by 90 minutes, you thought Whitswell deserved to win the game. And by extra time, it was in absolutely no doubt. It, it, was, it, it wasn't a cup final that will probably live long in the memory of many that were there. But all that really matters is that Whitswell, at the end of the day, got their hands on the cup. It's interesting to say about three, three at the back is a bit in vogue at the moment. From that, so but I'm a believer that 4-4-2. If you are playing the long ball, you've got the natural width of a 4-4-2 that you can get in behind the defences. So it's interesting from that. Again, that probably was a big statement taken off Welford, who would be it would have been there. You know, the man they're looking for to hold the ball up. But they looked at it and changed about it, and goes from there. Some people um, 
uh, sort of say, oh, don't like the direct way of football, but, you know, it is successful at the levels they play at. And certain, defense, certain teams may not be able to defend it properly. Scott Ford has used that and he's used that to his advantage. Well, indeed, and we'll talk about Sheppy now then. I mean, their fans certainly outnumbered their counterparts behind the goal at the Gallagher. And at half-time, they would have thought they were on for a second Kent Senior Trophy win in three seasons. But it just wasn't to be for them. They bounced back on Tuesday night with a tuna win at Beerster with youth project Alfie Bates getting the second of those goals. And here's Sheppy United manager Ernie Batten after the cup final. Ernie, sum up how you feel. I guess you're disappointed. Yeah, very disappointed on the day. Um... I think it was a game of two halves a little bit. We we played, I thought, very well in the first half for about half an hour of it. And I think we could have easily been a couple of goals ahead at half time and I think that would have been would have made the difference for us, uh, having that cushion at half time. Um, but I've just said to the lads there, you know, that you, they couldn't have done any more. I thought they worked extremely hard. Um Whitstable a very a direct side and that and it's combating that sort of thing. And we give away a couple of soft corners, I thought, which invited them to to come onto us from set pieces. And it was one of them that uh, they've got a head on, and you know, a mistake from us to give away the corner in the first place, and then um, you know they finish it off with, with a header at the far post. Although our keeper and fullback swear, you know, uh, it wasn't over the line, yeah, but uh, you know, the linesman sees it how he sees it, and he's given a goal. They defended very well, which what I thought. Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying, doesn't it? You know, you look at their record this season, they've built the team round, round, the, uh, round the defensive side. Um, don't take any chances, you know, they're not going to play it out. They, they, you know, they, they're going to get everything away and play a direct style. Um, but you have to take your hats on to them because, you know, get some results. And your guys, you know, they put in a really good shift, didn't they? Yeah, I don't think in a cup final you could ask for more than the commitment and the effort we put in and still try to play our football you know it's important that and I've just said to him it's important that we always try and play we always try and get the ball down and play and you know I, I don't want to stand there and watch boring games of football you know I want us to, to play I mean we get there's nearly 900 here today I believe or over 900 you know and there'd be I would imagine five or 600 from Sheppey today um, and the reason they keep coming to watch is because they know we're going to try and play Showed that a lot of the, you know, your keepers always looking to roll the ball out and play it short, you know, and you, and you like to build from the back, don't you? Yeah, we do. You know, we've got ball players in the team and we, we want to play to our assets and we're confident that if we can play well on the day and, and pass the football, then we'll create and, and we'll win more football matches than we lose. Um, and I think um, today we did that fairly well. I was, I was relatively pleased with it. You mentioned there that the supporters, they certainly made a racket, didn't they? Yeah, they're fantastic. You know, I said this week, I think at our level, I, I don't know, you know, they're, they're probably some of the best in non-league football, you know, at level and probably probably above as well. And them supporters deserve, you know, success. We're trying to give it to them, but, you know, we've been going three seasons, three and a half seasons, and we've appeared in three cup finals. We've had a promotion. We were sixth last season in our first season in the, in the Scaffold Premier. This season hasn't gone so well for us in the league, Program, but um, we've been done, we've been doing well in the cup competitions. I suppose it's just the running now, isn't it? And, and trying to keep everyone focused and trying to finish the season on the high. Yes, yeah, it's difficult. We go to Beerstead on Tuesday night and got to lift spirits a little bit and, and finish, you know, do a professional job for the last half a dozen games and get ourselves um, some points on the board and, and, and finish as well as we can. He was frustrated there, Matt Ernie, but and, and you can understand his disappointment, but. 
They've come a long, long way in a short space of time at Sheffield United, and I'm sure that they're all waiting for this promised visit from you as well, Matt. <laughs> I could have been. Uh, okay, I've tipped it with all season, but you know what you say and Ray Early Burton comes across. I, I hope that uh, Sheffield could go on and win, maybe win that competition because uh, I think they deserved it. Before I say, I think it's a trip. I've got to come in maybe early part of next season that I have to go to Sheffield. But Lenny Batten's, you know, he's got his head screwed on. He knows what he's doing, what he wants to achieve at that club. I think uh, off the field they're going in the right direction. On the field it's going to be tough, but maybe next season could be the, the catalyst for it. And again, good to see they bounce back straight away from that defeat on uh, on Sunday by winning last night. Yeah, it's, I mean, it is one of those things now, isn't it, for Sheppey? Because, you know, they are where they are on the table. They're sort of mid-table. Still got a few games to play. But the most important things, as I've said several times about them, is getting a settled side together. You know, knowing who's going to be in that team week in, week out. You know, they've got some really good players there. They've got some experienced players. There's no reason why they can't kick on, but they just need to find that winning formula and be able to stick with it. And, you know, we've, we've said so many times, this is such a hard league to get out of. But when you've got a good support like Sheppey have, you've got, you know, if they can get loyal players in who are going to stick with them and not have to keep changing the side every week, then I think that next year they will be there or thereabouts. I'm not going to say that they're going to be definitely title or promotion contenders but I think they're in with a shout of being in and around the top three or four Again, it'll be interesting in the Scaffold League next season of course the team sides coming up which we'll discuss at a moment but other sides will be desperate to get back up the league we mentioned Chatham numerous times Tunbridge Wells could be looking to go up Deal and Canterbury Canterbury get the um, on the new ground and the other sides will miss out with the um, whether we go up with if seven actor going out on the other side as well it's a competitive league and I think, um, you know, it's an interesting league to look into. Like I say, previously before we did the pod, I looked at it, but now I know a little more in depth about it. It's quite an interesting league, I think, which uh, does um, Ken Proud as well. It does. And elsewhere in the league this week, <laughs> Seven Oaks are surely nearly there now, Matt. Two wins this week against Beckenham and AFC Croydon. Killed off Beckenham's hopes, I would say. They're guaranteed a top three spot now, Seven Oaks. They're 13 points clear at the top. But Whitsman have got nine to play and Crober have got eight. So the large lady can stay on voice rest for a little bit longer, can't she? Uh, I presume that Mickey Collins will be... Well, I presume he might go to the game against Crober uh, Whitsman on Thursday. I presume he's thinking a draw there would be absolutely perfect for um, for Seven Oaks on their chance for the title. I think they're going to be promoted. Will they win the title? I think probably now they've got a good chance. Probably in that game. If Whitsman will win that league, probably not Crober at the game as well. So two Ken sides will be going up. But Seven Oaks... Uh, I'm finally putting my uh, flag down on the ground here where I'm talking to you. We'll be champions. I think depends on Thursday night, isn't it? Which the ball a big game, but Seven Oaks definitely going up as champions. I think so as well. I mean, the 13 points, you say you can say nine games, it still seems a lot, but if I tell you that that's in 19 days, I don't think they're going to make up 13 points in 19 days, are they? And they've got the magic goal of just 20 better than everybody else. So is, is, this is the only time of the season you ever say this. In the April gold, that's worth an extra point, surely. Well, the the, the funny thing is actually that I was um, I, I saw a tweet at the weekend which I retweeted from my personal account where someone said, "Well, if Man City lose every game that they've got left and Spurs win every game, Spurs win the point, win the league by a point. So uh, this this weekend's game at Spurs is a title decider. So people are still dreaming of, of these sorts of things, but I think thirteen points from here, Mickey Collins will be a pretty happy man, won't he? Yeah, well, yeah, they had a little bit of wobble, didn't they, a couple of weeks ago after we picked them up. They're not going to have the wobble again. I wouldn't have thought very good at home. 
six games to six games to play. When does the season finish? Twenty eighth as well, does it? They extended it a couple of days because of um, the fixture congestion. And actually, I think on the thirtieth of April, so the Monday, which is when they've extended it to, it's actually Crowborough against Sevenoaks. Oh, oh, so yeah, it, it's it's in their own hands. So yeah, good to, good to see the league has had a little bit of sense there to extend the, the division as well. Because from there, yeah, Crowborough Sevenoaks on the thirtieth of April. Yeah, I thought it'd all be done from from that point of view. I would expect um, before that game that uh, Seven Oaks would already lifted the trophy. Well, indeed. Um, this weekend, all three of the challengers are on the road. Oaks at Chatham, Crows at Glebe and Whitswell at Rustle. Before Whitswell host Rochester on Monday and go to Canterbury on Wednesday, uh, when Seven Oaks also travel to Lordswood. While in between the two, Crowborough face AFC Croydon in a fixture I'm only talking about because of the title race. Talking of title races, there's still one down in the Southern Counties East League Division 1. But the top two are now known. We mentioned K-Sports promotion last week, and they were joined at the weekend by Punjab United. And after Tuesday's win over Homesdale, the Gravesend-based side are now top of the table. But before that game, I caught with first-team coach Danny Barham. So here he is, and I started by asking about the club's back-to-back promotions. I'll, I'll be honest, we didn't really know what the standard of the league would be when we joined this season. And so the first part of the season was really just about um, feeding our way into the league, getting a, a bit of a test on who's good and who's, who, who maybe we should, should be getting points off of and, and sort of picking, picking our wits against the team. And then I think as the season went on, it, it became more and more of a reality that we could, that we could potentially get promoted. And, um, it, it, it was, uh, it, it, it was, I mean, there was a lot of good clubs that run us quite close. Um, and I mean, it was, it was a relief for, for us as a management team, um, to, to sort of get over the line. Uh, on Saturday against Phoenix. Great celebrations I saw as well. I saw the video from your dressing room. Yeah, um, no, the, 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 the boys, um, well, I think, I think that shows the relief that, 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 was, that was there. I mean, they, uh, they, the, the, the video actually um, went a little bit viral and, and I think our manager, Chippy, he was on um, uh, Asian Network BBC Radio this morning talking about the, the celebrations and uh, yeah, it, it seems to have got a lot of attention but no, the, the boys fully deserve it. They, they put a lot of work in in the week, um, and 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 to and to, to sort of get the recognition for for their for their work, they they fully deserve that. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Job's not done yet, though. Cause there's still a title you could win. Yeah, no, 100, John. I mean, us in case sports, I, I, I do feel we've been the most consistent, and, and all credit to them. They they they, they keep grinding results out as, as do we. And and I mean, I think I think it'd be harsh on either side that misses out, but obviously my 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 foot's well and truly in the, in the Punjab camp and. I mean, they they dropped points at the weekend, but you know, it's there's still four games left for us and three left for them, and we'd be naive to think anything's wrapped up now. We're, our our concentration is fully on sort of getting maximum points from our remaining four games, and and hopefully we can do that. And and, and we know that I mean now now because of the, the them dropping points on Saturday, we do know now that maximum points will win us the league. So it is in our hands. Whereas sort of the, the last few weeks within, that's not that's not necessarily been the case, but. Yeah, um, we, we, we're not taking anything from granted and, and, and the boys' sort of application and concentration is exactly the same as it should be, really. Have you kept the similar sort of squad as the one that got promoted last year? Or have you added in the right places? Uh, the, the, the squad, by and large, is, is, is the same. We we haven't lost many. We have added to the squad. Um, we, 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 but we've got a, a, a big recruitment drive on, and we're, we're quite specific on sort of grades and base players um, I, I, I wouldn't be able to give you a statistic off, off the top of my head, but 
I'd envisage over 85% of our players are from the Greater End area. And, and, and the good thing about our squad, John, is it's very young. Um, uh, the most exciting thing for me is going into this next league, I, I don't know where we'll fit in. Um, we, we're always very positive and we always, we're, because we've got such a great winning mentality at the club, we, 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 we feel that we can go there and we can call um, sort of established teams problems. But what's good is because we've got this young squad, they are going to grow and they are going to become better as individuals and as a collective. And and and, and yeah, we're um, yeah. There, there, there wasn't there wasn't much in the way of recruitment. We we added sort of we added an experienced head in, in Paul Lorraine and Seth uh, Bakanos, who's who's played. They both played for Edsley and they played at a bit of a high level sort of non-league. Um, and and they just sort of added a, a little bit of, sort of maturity to the squad uh, just to balance out the the youth that we have. But um, yeah, uh, we're, we're really, really pleased with the squad that we've got, and and, and yeah, we're, we're they've obviously done they they obviously deserve their chance in the in the division above because of sort of how well they've done this year. Tell me a bit about the club. I mean, obviously people will see your name and think certain things, but it's not like that, is it? It's it's, it's an inclusive club for everyone and going places by the sounds of things. Yeah, I mean that's reflected in the playing staff and, and the coaching staff. So, so I'm I'm English myself. Uh, the, the management. The manager Chippy is, is Indian, and, and, and Jindy also. We have um, uh, we have Abdul who's Bengali. We have Nigel who's English, and of Chippy's brother who's the chairman. Um, Ajit, he is he's Indian as well. It, it, it's we're, we're we're a multicultural club, and, and also it's reflective in the in the playing staff. Like you say, the the name is sort of maybe reflective of of, of, of Indian descent, but we we're a multicultural club. We're all inclusive and. And I think you can see that from the celebration videos that the 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 players they mingle, they all get on, they are they they're happy to represent the club and, and they're very proud of sort of what we're doing as a collective and and and, and yeah, it, it's it's nice. It it certainly makes the coaching job easier when you've got a, a group of lads that sort of are all pulling in the same direction. It's interesting though, isn't it? I mean, because. Uh... Traditionally, sort of Asian people aren't necessarily associated that much with football, but there is obviously you've got some people at the heart of your club who've come from Asia and they're really passionate about the game. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think me myself, from what I've seen from both the amateur and the professional game, I, I think that there is a massive drive to see more Asian representatives within the within the higher echelons of the of, of the English league system, um, and. Uh, Although they're maybe not representative now, particularly at youth academy level, I first and see quite a bit of um, a, a, a quite a diverse uh, population of players within within the academy system, and I, I think I think that will be reflective of, of future football. If, if 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 it's a very mixed bag now in academies, it, it, it certainly will be in the in the in the professional game in the future. And and we are at Punjab United, so although I do think there's a there's previously maybe been a bit of um, I don't know uh, some barriers that maybe inhibit sort of Asian-based players progressing through the through the league system and, and, and maybe playing higher up the standard. I definitely don't think it's due to their, their technical abilities because we have some very highly talented players like Aaron Suman, Diljit, Sonny Punia. The players that we've got at, at our club are Cayman. Um, they, 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 they are they are some of the better players that we have in, in the squad and 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 yeah, I, I think. Although they, although like I said, although they're not sort of going, uh, they're not necessarily in the higher echelons of the, the game. I don't necessarily think it'll be a long time before we see that. And just finally, promotion to the Southern Counties EC Premier Division that brings with it a, a lot of things, doesn't it? You're going in there. Are you going to be in the FA Cup as well next year? 
Um, we're, we're not, John. I, I don't think. Um, I think there's a there's a rule in that the dictates that we we because it was our first season um, last year in in the uh, step six or in the in the national league system. We wasn't able to apply for any FA competitions last year. So we and and to be a part of the FA Cup, you have to be a part of the FA Vars for a season. So we we are, we envisage that we'll be in the FA Vars this year coming. But I think on that technicality, we're going to miss out, which is disappointing. But it just means we can put all our eggs into the thirty bars basket. I mean, like I said, the, the club has a, a really strong winning mentality and, and, a, and a strong winning ethic. But we, why not? You know, if we're a team that's in a competition, we want to win that competition. There's, there's, we make no bones about that. What a story that is, Matt, for Punjab United, isn't it? Oh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, as you mentioned in the in the interview there. The Asian community is not known for being in football, but the way they've got that club together on and off the pitch. I love how it's a mixture of Asian and maybe British players in the squad as well and how they've got it through, really worked things through. I loved it as well. We didn't really know when they went into this level what it would be like. But they soon realised, yeah, we can do this and carried on. And what a fantastic season they've absolutely had. Uh, support they're getting from the media as well. The Asian network. It's a club to go further. I know they used to have a, an Asian side in the uh, Kent League, didn't they? Sporting Bengal. Bengal. Sporting Bengal, of course, yes. They were whipping boys in the end, weren't they? They were. They certainly were. And and it's it's fantastic. I mean, what, what also came across from there, though, is that while they've got the name Punjab United, you might think that that means that it's going to be a team of Asian players. But they're actually a team of Gravesend players. And... I kind of think it's a little bit like the Margate Ramsgate situation because Ebb Street United are looking further afield for their players. So they've got the pick of the players from the Gravesend area. And as Danny said there, 85% of their squad is from the Gravesend area. And if they want to keep that local ethos, you know, that they've they put themselves on the map this season by doing that. So when they go up next year, they may be getting more people, you know, and if the fixtures work out for them, maybe people who go and watch Ebb Street of a weekend may go and watch Punjab the other weekends if Ebbsfleet are, are a long way away. And I think that club has got real sort of scope to grow, hasn't it? Well, I think there's a lot of um, Asian community in the Gravesend area as well. And I know, speaking of people before, that Gravesend and Northfleet and Ebbsfleet didn't really tap into that sort of market, you know, the, the support base they can have with, with the Asian community. Punjab United have seen that and they've taken it on from there. And they're not going to be a rival for Ebbsfleet, I wouldn't have thought, but it's... There's no reason why. The higher they go up in the league, they can, they can do this. The facilities are there. Very disappointed about the FA Cup. Surely, if you've got to a level where you want to be, they should allow them into the competition. But interesting what he said about the FA Vars. That'll be a competition they want to go into with an increased vigour. But So basically, what he said about the FA Cup, you have to be in the FA Cup one year in a league before you can join again. That seems crazy, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I think that the ruling is that you have to have one season in the FA Vars before you can join the FA Cup. And I suppose there may be some teams who have issues with ground gradings and so on and so forth. So in some aspects, it makes sense. But it doesn't take into account a team like Punjab who've gone straight through the league. You know, it is penalising them in that aspect, you know. And the FA Cup for them would be good because, you know, they would no doubt pick up some more press out of it and, and push on from there and it'd be good for their profile. But I like what you said there. You, you touched on it. The FA Vars, well, we'll have a good go at that then. If, if we're going to be in it, we want to win it. And that's the attitude that you want to have. And they won't be messing around with FA Cup extra preliminary 
qualifying replays in August on Saturdays. You know, they can almost hit the ground running a little bit in the league. And then when the Vars comes round, yeah, they'll be in at the, at the first stage. But they'll be thinking, right, we're focused on this. This is our biggest cup competition. Let's have a good go at it. It's interesting. It's a hot start of a really look into next year. See what the difference between the First Division and the Scaffold and the Premier League as well. Because K-Sports, they've come through the league as well, got promoted this season. It'll be interesting to see what the level is. Punjab, definitely, it's a story that, you know, you've sort of, we knew about and you broke on this podcast, John, but I think the story in the, in the mainstream media will pick up on this and there, there'll be a club, quite rightly, I expect, we're going to get a lot of publicity next season. Yeah, and, and, and good luck to them. I, I hope it all works out for them because uh, I thought Danny was a really nice chap as well and he, and he spoke really well. And one thing I did want to kind of bring up, and you mentioned it earlier about the Asian community, is it's always been a bit of a source of frustration to me when I've seen people saying, oh, the FA don't tap into the uh, into our immigrant communities so much. Look at Germany and how they've got players like Ozil from the Turkish community. And I've always kind of been a bit frustrated by that from my point of view because, you know, football is, is more in sort of the Turkish DNA than it is the, the, the DNA of, of, the, of the Asian people, the Indias, the Pakistans and things. But from what Danny said in that interview, it sounds like that tide is starting to turn. They probably still need a big, you know, a, 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 someone to really break through at the high level to really inspire the younger generation. But I think that there is going to be soon, by the sounds of things, a, a big Asian name in the Football League or Premier League. Yeah, well, so, so the main one is Michael Chopra, who's at Cardiff and Newcastle um, from there. Underwood, who's at Bradford, I think, uh, and also Dagenham and Redbridge. So there is players out. Um, of course, the problem is with the in, looking at the Indian point of view, the Indian Premier League, it's full of ex-foreign players who are coming to the end of their career. Maybe they're not growing the people in. And of course, you've got cricket being so massive out there. But there's no reason why, again, there will be players out there who can are absolute quality players. He's, he's probably getting one in the spotlight. In the, in the English game who can do a job but I do know there's a lot of players out there Punjab from what they've got they've got players as well it'll be interesting to see how they go on I think it could be an interesting season ahead next season certainly could and while we're talking about new leaders in divisions we'll head up to the National League South where Dartford retook top spots from Havant and Waterlooville both won on Saturday the Darts home to Western Supermare 3-1 and their rivals 1-0 at Welling United but on Tuesday Havant's game with East Star it was called off while Alfie Pavey's 25th goal of the season gave the darts the spoils in their game at Gloucester, and they're now top on goal difference with the same games played. Looking at the running, they've got four games each left, but the darts have got three away games and one at home, and it's the opposite for Haven. So the darts are at Eastbourne on Saturday and Historic on Tuesday, a home game against Bath, and they finish at Bognor Regis, or Haven hosts St Albans, travel to Chelmsford and finish against Concord at home, with that Historic game to fit in as well, and I think that's going to be, by the looks of things, on Wednesday, April the 25th. But that's going to go right to the wire, I think, Matt, don't you? It's interesting you said about the um, fixtures there, because I saw Dartford, Eastbourne, uh, Thurrock and Bognor away, and Bath at home. Because it's interesting, because having a Waterloo home record is not, they've won the least amount of games in the top seven. So away from home, having a Waterloo are a better side, 13 games, nobody else won more than nine. So you can see the quality there. So arguably, looking at that, they want to play away from home, because they're better than that. The home form of Dartford, their home form team wins is a lot better than anybody else. It's their away record with only, with only eight wins on the road. Two of them have been in the last two days, the last two weeks as well. So, interesting point of view to go. Dartford, Eastbourne on the 3G, don't know what they're going to get this weekend. Thurrock, probably 
Sam Higgins uh, beside a side that probably they could beat them. So it just it's going to the wire. But great win last night, Gloucester really one 0 Alfie Pavey again back particularly this in 2018 maybe be the Kent player of the uh, season because he he scores goals and he scores important goals and maybe uh, he's a player for the right occasion when when the when the pressure's on. After we've finally got a goal scorer, we can uh, score those things for. Him. But it's going to be a really interesting end of the season. Came Eastbourne away. We haven't got on Saturday. They've got St Albans today. Yeah, St Albans at home on Saturday. So and Chelmsford as well. So yeah, that pitch is not notoriously very good, haven't. So again, is it, this is this is the time where they'll be looking at other results, looking at Darford scores coming in. And about a month ago, I said I didn't fancy Darford to win it, but at the moment they're in a good position, scoring goals, not conceding. They've got a good chance, but it could all change it on a matter of anything of a game. But Eastbourne away is another tough one for them as well. So, but interesting stuff. But looking at Welling, it's all got a bit wrong for them, hasn't it? Certainly has. I mean, they, they also failed to score on Tuesday night, held 0-0 at home to Hemel Hempstead, and that result leaves them three points outside the playoff places. They go to Whitehawk on Saturday, and we'll need a result if, there if they're going to have any hope now. But even then, it's out of their hands. And I've been backing them for weeks. I've been sure they're going to do it. What a time to have a bit of a blip, eh? Yeah, it was interesting. They had that sort of blip in um, November, December time, didn't they, when you saw them? And they won that big run again, and now they've got the blip. So, And I haven't even been. I don't understand. <laughs> You're not the jigs. The one thing that concerns me is it's only three goals in the last um, three games. Oh, sorry, one goal in the last three games. You, you know, I think the strike force have got the Coombs going in. It's just gone a little bit awry there. They've got some. Got Whitehawk on the Saturday. Whitehawk are a, a funny side. They won at the weekend. They are going down, but they've got to go there and. Think about, right, let's worry about what we can do on the board. Three points, however it may be, that could be thing. But the draw against Hemel Hempstead was a great result for Hemel Hempstead, who like three points in a place above winning as well. So, yeah, it's out of their hands now, but they've got to find a little bit of form in this remaining two weeks of the season. But other sides are in form, welling up, and that could be the death knell for them, really. Well, indeed. In the National League, the battle for the playoffs also looks set to go the distance. But if the season ended now, there'd be no Kent teams in the top seven. However, if Ebbsfleet and Dover win their games in hand, both will squeeze in there. We'll start by where Matt was on Saturday, where the Whites squeezed past struggling Torquay. And before Matt tells us about it, here's a minute or so from Chris Kinnear. It's funny, isn't it, really? Um, you know, weren't great game today. It was a bit bobbly. Uh, they've been going really well as well. They played with a lot of spirit. They came and just sat five back, didn't they? Uh, which is their prerogative. I haven't got a problem with that. Uh, and... As you say, uh, Birdie's got got another goal, uh, good penalty, uh, but it just shows you. Uh, I thought I thought we were outstanding against Eastleigh at Eastleigh for 84 minutes, and we ended up losing. And the day we weren't great today, and ended up winning against a side that looked like they're going to get themselves out of it. Up until well, up until they had two players sent off, so they'll, they'll obviously miss those two, won't they? But uh, they're they're on a good run, so. At this time of the season, it's a matter of just getting those points any way you can and, and playing on pitches that are not going to be easy. Maidenhead won't be won't be great, but uh, as I say, it's three points. Uh, it's given us a bit of a, a lift again after a couple of late, well, two, last two games of late goals have sort of hurt us, haven't they? Today, we dug in there, uh, kept our discipline. They lost theirs and... Uh, that's what we've done all all season, really. We haven't had one sending off, uh, and our bookings are, are, are really, really good. So, discipline's played a big part today. That sounds like a cracking afternoon at Crabble, Matt. A one 0 win that the manager admits was barely deserved against a relegation-bound side who finished with nine men. I guess you can only hope that's a catalyst for a strong finish. 
to be honest, it was absolutely dreadful game. Um, no real quality on show. Torquay, who were basically going down after the result they had last night, I thought they showed show a little bit more than they did up um, in the first half. But they, I think they were quite happy to keep it nil-nil as much as they can. Dover got the penalty in the 58th minute. And then from that, when, uh, Torquay didn't look like scoring. Dover didn't look like scoring. It was just one of those games that, you know, if Dover get in the playoffs, they'll be like, oh, they beat Torquay 1-0 in the beginning of the day to get through. So, not the greatest result, not the greatest performance, but a good result. So, again, as you speak to any manager of the season, it doesn't really matter how you win at the moment. It's just how you win. But from that performance, Dover, the remaining four games they've got, would need to perform a lot better to get in the playoffs. Because at the moment, for me, they're not looking likely to score goals um, in open play. So, a lack of pace in the squad. Mitch Walker, National League Player of the Month, had a, a good game in goal. So, kept a minute, but he just looked a bit nervous at Dover, really. When they get to 10 minutes to go, 1-0 up, they don't know if it's stick or twist. At the moment, I think they should probably uh, twist a little bit more to try and get a second goal, take the pressure off them, because at the moment, you know, they won, but not the greatest performance in the world. Torquay, no, they shouldn't be in the level where they are, but they had a couple of good players. Two sent off, and the coach sent off as well, who, strange thing in football, the coach has the full kit on as well, shorts, socks, boots, a lot, So, uh, and he was quite a Robust man when he got sent off. That was the only excitement, really, in the last 10 minutes when we saw the red cards. But, yeah, we won. But um, if there was a DVD out of this game, I wouldn't buy anybody to it unless you really want to get to sleep. It was absolutely appalling. Well, there's, there's a damning review of, uh, of Dover's 1-0 win, lest we forget, uh, on Saturday. Yeah, maybe, maybe. The thing is, I'm a bit sound like a Premier League snob there, isn't it? But uh, if you'd have offered me a 1-0 win with a penalty before the game, I'd have taken it. But it's just that Dover got to think about this one nil up you've got to right do you go for it get the second goal kill it off because last 10 minutes against nine men Dover would bounce to the wall uh, it's just the tactics may need to change a little bit um, go for it at the start of the season they were going for a game playing attacking football they just got into their shell a little bit I don't know if they're just a little bit concerned if they can get into those playoffs if they if they show a bit of attacking threat are they going to be picked off that maybe is Chris Kinney's concern well, I'm not a Premier. I'm not a football star. I've taken that all day long. And if David win the next four one 0 with a penalty each game, well, I'd probably be jumping for joy. What was what I was going to say, Matt, was after your comments last week, I scoured all of my uh, betting accounts to see if I could find anyone taking first scorer bets on uh, on Saturday. Because I was going to put a wedge on Aziz to score first, but I'm glad to say I didn't find anyone because I would have lost my money, wouldn't I? But uh, there he's you. on the bench. He came on, but he's a willing runner, but. No goals there. Now, that's the concern for me and the whole Dover. The, me, the lack of pace. You, Dover, over the last few years, have had pace coming forward. Yeah, and in this level, you've got a bit of pace. You can do it. But at the moment, they haven't really got that. And no, no end product and a little bit uh, lightweight in front of goal. So we're relying on Ryan Byrne to score goals. And he did it with a decent penalty. But that is my concern that they'll probably win 5 0 on Saturday. And I look all right in full. But scoring goals, great chances is a concern. Epsley came from 2-0 down to hold leaders Macclesfield 2-2 at home on Saturday, then put in, by all accounts, a fine performance on Tuesday night to beat Wrexham 3-0. Looking very ominous, Fleet, and that win over Wrexham. Well, Matt, I remember ticking you off for referring to 12-pointers at some point early in the season. But if you factor in Dover as well, I reckon that was a nine-pointer, that Epsley game on Tuesday night. It, it was, yes, a great result for Epsley. Wrexham are the, the side that I think a lot of sides think that maybe they're going to fall out of the playoffs. Of course, the manager, Dean Keats, went to Warsaw and they haven't really won for them. 
they had problems scoring goals all season. And they're one of the lowest scorers in the whole division. So, and conceding three against Ebsley hasn't done too much for their goal difference. Ebsley looking good on form. Now the test for them, because they've only got, what, they've got five games to go, have they? Yeah, five games to go. Only one of them is at home against Sutton. Sutton have a little bit of a dip as well. The key for them over the next few weeks is can they do it away from home? Tough games coming up, but they're in good form. They've got good players. I think it's unbeaten in nine. Confidence, as you've said before, John, there's always one side that comes from the pack and gets into the playoffs. So it's a good pivotal weekend. I said at the weekend on, on the radio, I didn't think two Kent sides would get in the playoffs. At the moment, the results how it went yesterday, there is a chance. I think maybe Bournemouth and Wrexham are the two sides that over an Epsley could try and catch. Bournemouth have a decent run in now, um, but Wrexham are the ones that, from there. But all we can do is hope our sides can win football matches and get, carry on that good form. But Epsley have got a bit to travel. Barrow, Gates had a talk here away. Probably their three longest trips coming up well as Eastley next week as well so but they, they've got the squad they've got the players in good form no reason why they can't sneak in the back door will we have two we're sure feeling in the playoffs I I really don't know I, mean, I haven't studied the fixtures as closely as you have I've got a feeling one's going to make it I don't know which one um, but I've got a feeling that, that it may just be just the one I think a couple of those teams above may have just done enough and may be able to pick up enough results but I tell you he's not going to make the playoffs Matt unfortunately I don't think Bromley a bit of a hit for them this week. Two draws, nil-nil against Gateshead, and then 2-2 at relegated Chester, who aren't even bottom but are down, with the team below them, Geisley, still having a chance, which is the most frustrating and confusing thing since the Scottish Premier League decided to split halfway through the season and have the team in seventh with loads more points than the team in sixth. Yeah, Geisley will be relegated. They need, they need to win their games. They must be already relegated because there must be sides playing each other. They're going to get 45. And Woking are on 45. So, they're, no, 48 they can get. They're going down. It's three, it's three down. The other concern is, who are the, who are the next? Who's going to the fourth bottom place side? Is, is it going to be Barrow? Is it going to be Woking? Or more concerning, is it going to be Mason United? Well, I would imagine that's giving Jay Saunders a few sleepless nights. As as you say, Maidstone are just three points clear of the drop zone. Barrow have got two games in hand on them. They drew with Geisley on Saturday and then lost 1-0 in that big game we've been talking about for weeks at Solihull on Tuesday night. Ross Lafayette heading back to Sutton. The confidence I had last week for the Stones has evaporated just a little bit. I'm, I'm starting to get a bit worried about Maidstone. Again, Lafayette scored again for Sutton last night. They've got three games to go. Filed at home, filed it on absolute fire. Score goals uh, by the bucket load. Leading goal scorers in the division. Going to be tougher than they are at home. Then they've got Chester away. Chester beat Bromley at so maybe they're fighting a little bit. And they've got Halifax at home. Halifax are showing a little bit of form as well. So, again, a bit like Dover. Where's the goals going to come from for the Stones now? Delano Sam York. I read an article that he said he scored one goal season. Again, for me, he's never he's not a goal scorer. He never has been. So, you've got Lure in there. played a lot of under-23 football. And Ryman, uh, Devon Bostick, South football. My concern is where are the goals going to come from? Stones, everybody can seem to think that 50 points is going to be the benchmark. I don't think it will be. 51 may be the benchmark from that. So, Maystone have got to hope, really, Maystone have got to hope that Epsley do them a real favour at the weekend by beating Barrow because by the end of the day, Maystone, if results go their way, could be in the relegation zone if they lose to Barrow. Uh, very, very disappointing. From a Kent point of view, of course, we want Barrow to go because it's miles away from anybody. But um, I think with their games in hand, 
they may have a chance as well, particularly as they won at home. So, yeah, interesting. Do you think the Stones staying up? Because, of course, David got a Woking on the final game of the season as well. So, David could be trying to do Maystone a favour and their own playoff hopes a, a favour as well. So, I have to say, I love this time of the season. You know, you said, have you been scouring the fixture uh, list? I've been scouring it for months, children. Put my head on that pillow last night, thinking, "Oh, we went there and there, you know how it works." So, but I'm a pretty sad man like that. I love a spreadsheet looking at stuff, but I think Ray State a win on Saturday would be very pleasing against Fylde, and if other sides could do a job, but it's going to go to the wire, I think, for them. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, filed at home is the sort of game where, you know, Maidstone's only wins recently have, or only really positive results have come against teams that you would expect them to, to struggle against. You know, obviously they had the result against Macclesfield, didn't they? They beat Sutton. So it's quite an interesting one, that one. And, and you know, that you, you say about Dover have got to play Woking. Well, Maidstone will also be hoping for a favour from... Uh, from Bromley on Saturday who go to Woking and Fleet are obviously at Barrow so you know it's all all in there at this time of the year isn't it it is it's just who would have thought the Maidstone when when I was thinking about November time when they played though they could be top two Maidstone have have gone on a bit of a slide it'd be interesting if they do stay up how they approach next season they've got this is the first year of course they've been full time will there be will there be an influx of new players and players going out interesting Jay Saunders, I still don't think his job would be on the line. Um, but again, he's probably learned a lot this season about his players. And again, Solihull have been the benchmark. They've really come together. And that's a bitter blow from what I read. They didn't particularly play particularly well against Solihull as well. So, yeah, what they're going to do, the Stones. But one win may change so much, can't it? The confidence and other results going your way. So they've just got to get a result against Fold. But to me... I've said it before, Fylde are the best side I've seen in the National League this season, so it's a real tough task for them. Yeah, and the other games we haven't mentioned yet this week, we've got Dover at Maidenhead on Saturday before hosting Tranmere on Tuesday night and Bromley host Dagenham on Tuesday and Ebbsfleet go to Eastleigh in that game on Tuesday night as well. Um, in the Boston League Premier Division, Tunbridge Angels put a huge dent in Dulwich's title hopes on Tuesday night with a 2-1 win at Tooting, which is their second trip there in three days, having drawn 0-0 against the Landlords on Saturday. Margate, who came from 2-0 down to beat Harlow 4-2 on Saturday, lost 2-0 at home to Kingstonian. And Matt, we have got to talk about Margate's disciplinary record, which I would imagine would have Steve Watt pulling his hair out if he had any. I like Margate, I like Steve, and I think people know that. But to have a player sent off in four games in a row is frankly appalling, and that could really hurt them in the running, couldn't it? I think, looking at the fixtures, they've got less, mate, uh, Margate. They've got to play Saints. Villaricky and Dulwich Hamlet and you'll be missing Swift's going to be out for three games now for that sending off there or it seems to be the defenders that uh, seem to be sent off I don't know how many I think Tom Wood has been sent off a couple of times you know Jadot's been sent off a couple of times I'm trying to find out how many cards Margate have had I think you could be looking at double figures this season that will be really disappointing for, for Steve Watt I think the more concern is even though they've lost two in 20 I think they've only won one out of the last seven or eight isn't it and that game against Kingstonian could really come and hurt them at the moment, they are three points inside the playoffs. Um, at least in the three points behind, we've got a game in hand. The Staines one, that is a massive game on the Saturday for them. If they lose to Staines, Staines will be three points behind, but they'll have three games in hand. So, yeah, it's just disappointing for Margate. Um, Chidozi, maybe not banging in the goals as much as he was uh, earlier in the season. And you thought the weekend when they were 2-0 um, down, come back to 4-2, that's the kick they needed. But two steps forward, 
two steps back, and a red card is, seems to be going in Margate's way at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, and they are gonna, you know, they're gonna find it difficult because you know they are gonna be short of the back. And I I've only read what uh, what Kingstonian put on Twitter about Swift's red card, but it seemed like a bit of a moment of madness from him. And you know, he's not been in the, he's been in and out of the team, and he didn't really take his chance. Obviously, Essiman's going to be banned as well. Winter, you just you just worry that you know they've got these big tough games, and they're not going to be at full strength for them. And I'm just really concerned. Swift, was it something to do with the corner flag with Swift, wasn't it? I've read something. I believe so, yeah. It was very, very strange. I, I, and a lot of the Margate fans were, were pretty quick to condemn that, to be honest. Um, very strange. Um, Folkestone are still second after beating Leiston 2-0 on Saturday. And, and I think it's time to admit it. I've, I've been wrong. I think Billericay are going to win it from here. Um, loads of games before we talk again, Matt. Folkestone are at Staines on Thursday night before Gate travel there on Saturday. Invictor at Dorking and Angels host Enfield also on Saturday. For on Tuesday night, folks can go to Thurrock and Tunbridge Angels host Harlow Town. Um, that just seems with the Bostic South, where Lewis will be promoted on Wednesday if they beat Horsham, while a point will end Cray's hopes of automatic promotion after Tony Russell's men only could draw 0-0 at VCD on Saturday. But of greater importance for us on Wednesday night is that Hyde will go into the playoff spots if they beat Sittingbourne at home. They continued their brilliant form with a 2-1 win at Greenwich Bar on Saturday. 26 points in 10 games for the Cannons, Matt. Incredible stuff. And if they get into the playoffs, will anyone want to face them? No, so again, you'd expect that Hyde would have too much for sitting born going into that. New Tech, how many are going up in the game? Oh. How many are going we know top two, definitely. The top two, definitely. I think third is on points per game with the other leagues at that level. And I think the best two of those, of the six, will be promoted automatically. And then there'll be a place for the playoffs. But there is also a rumour, and I don't know how true this is, and, and someone has produced a, a, league, a table from this saying, one of the teams who loses the playoff final, whoever has the best points per game average could still be promoted as well because of Thorrock's demise. So there's a possibility that if you're the team who's got the best points per game, you can go into the playoff final knowing win or lose, you're going to be promoted. So there could be a possibility that there might even end up being five teams from our league somehow if, if the team in fourth has got high enough points per game managing to get promoted this season. And it's it's just... It's just Staggering. I, I I was gonna borrow an abacus from someone if if you know anyone who's got one, Matt. Well, I work in in my office. There's an accounts team, so I'll probably source you one from somewhere. From that. Uh, well, I, I presume I was gonna ask you about this. With Farrakh getting, we're well, resigning from the league. So I had to hear about that. I take it nobody will be relegated from the Devon Bostic Premier, will they? I don't know. I think they'll do that. I think they'll do that on a points per game of all the teams who've been relegated as well. <laughs> okay. I'd love a spreadsheet, but surely the person in charge of the FA spreadsheet of this division must be pulling his tear out from how they're going to work this. But all we've got to look into, Grey Wanderers, just three games to go, get as many points as you can on the board. You never know, it might be enough. Hyde Town running into good form. Could be that they finish seventh, they might get in the playoffs anyway. It could it? Good technically, couldn't it? It could be, yeah. It could be. I think it's not probably going to become clear until the 28th of April what's going on here. But all, all we know for the moment is that Hyde are in great form. And we've mentioned it before, but what a job Sam Denley has done there. I mean, they were a long way off the playoffs. I remember speaking to him when he got the job and he said, well, 
you know, would like to have a go and see how we get on. But I don't think it, even his wildest dreams, he would have imagined they'd go on the sort of run they have. I think he mentioned oh, it would be nice to get in the playoffs when we spoke to him. But now with four games to go, it's in his own hands to do this with the games they've got to play. So, fantastic job. Um, you know, there was criticism when we're getting rid of Clive Cook. But uh, Denley's been out of the game for a while. He's all the experience from his home base side. Got some good players in. Chris Kinnear Jr., I know pretty much about solid midfielder. Probably at that level, he'll probably be an outstanding player. And Zach Hansard went to Woking, played National League football. Now he's banging in goals for fun. So Denley's getting that extra bit out of players, and he's working with players he worked he's worked with before as well. They've got a good chance for them. For me, they're going to be nailed on for the class. Yeah, on Tuesday night, Thames me won two one at Greenwich, or Herne Bay lost to Carl Shorten, who were also one win away from promotion by the same score. At the weekend, Bay won at Shoreham, Faversham drew nil nil with Thamesmead. Sittingbourne grabbed a late win over Molesy. Phoenix won at East Grinstead. And Ashford were 11 minutes away from that first away win in their 1-1 draw with Whiteleaf. While on Sunday, Ramsgate were 4-1 winners at Guernsey. And I want to mention, just because I was chatting to Amy from the Kent FA uh, at the Cup final on Sunday, um, Ollie Gray has got nine goals in midfield for Ramsgate. He's not a player who you would think would score a lot of goals, but he's a very solid player. Third season at Ramsgate for him, and he's doing really well. And, you know, he's, he's one of those players who fits into that Ramsgate mould they've got, where they've got a lot of players who are still quite young, but they've got plenty of games under their belts. Yeah, but again, Paxman's who I know quite a bit about as well. He's got a new agent I see on, I think he could be the player that Ramsgate um, may lose in the summer. But a good result for Ramsgate. They probably were expected to be at the start of the season. Good result in Guernsey. They probably had a lovely weekend away. Great bit of character coming back. Four four goals uh, in the second half, I think it was in that. But I did feel for Ashford. I think Ashford scored after about a minute, didn't they, in that game? And I was thinking, going to be their first away with. They were cut back then. They've still got a couple of chances to do it. And I think that would be celebrating like, like we win the league if they can finally get that uh, elusive away. When I mean, you think teams like Shaw have actually won away from home. Yeah, you said about... Um... Ramsgate's weekend in Guernsey. I I have had it confirmed that they uh, stayed at Gatwick on Saturday night and then flew over Sunday morning, played the game and then came back. And they uh, that they but they left Ramsgate at three o'clock on Saturday afternoon. So I don't think it was quite as glamorous a weekend as you maybe had in your head there, Matt. Well, you think about the Guernsey trip. Yeah, they put them up. I suppose a hotel in Gatwick's not the most um, uh, salubrious of places to spend a Saturday night. You would thought. Uh, yeah, I've done them a bit of a disservice there saying they'd be on having a great time uh, beforehand, but that's a good result. So um, maybe I'm just thinking about what I would do if I was at the weekend at Rankin. Well, exactly. Uh, this weekend, Ashford hosts Greenwich. It's Cray against South Park. Herne Bay hosts Guernsey. Faversham go to Horsham. Hythe hosts Chipstead. VCD at Molesy. Phoenix meets Sittingbourne. Ramsgate hosts Corinthian Casuals. And Thamesmead Town hosts Hythe's playoff rivals, Walton Casuals. Herne Bay at Molesy on Tuesday when Ramsgate hosts Carl Shorten. And City Morn take on Thamesmead. And phew, that's another epic show, that one, Matt, isn't it? And and what a fascinating week ahead. Yeah, it's, you think, as I said, you think you know what's going to happen. But again, on a Saturday at five o'clock, I'll be thinking, oh, it's all changed again when I look at the results coming in from us. All we can hope for is that all our Kent sides are, uh, get the results they need to, to carry on their season. But it's going to be some ups and there's going to be some downs. And hopefully I will be a little bit up after going to Maidenhead on Saturday because I'm saying Dover are going to score after that run I did earlier, wasn't it? Yeah. Have you uh, have you been to Maidenhead before? I have been to Maidenhead. I've been to Tunbridge. Couple of sides. Uh, I've been on my fourth trip. It's right in the town centre. Have you been there? I have. Yeah. I, I went uh, when I was covering Chelmsford City and. Uh... 
I went there on a freezing Tuesday night in December. I missed the ground the first time I drove past it as well, because it's quite easy to do that, isn't it? Um, is it Town Centre? My friend, one of my good friends at university, well, he lived in Maidenhead. I had some good nights at Maidenhead. I'll mention them off the podcast. <laughs> but no, it's, um, that's an interesting game. There. I've obviously not been there since they built up the stadium a little bit, but you know, they're, they're, you know what you're going to get from Maidenhead. Alan Devonshire, great manager, tough side to beat. And, you, you kind of, I mean, obviously Dover have got plenty of big games to come, but that's a pivotal one, isn't it? Because Maidenhead, a lot of people will look at that on paper and think, oh, well, Dover should win that one. But in reality, with the players that Maidenhead have got, the manager that Maidenhead have got, it's, it's going to be no walk in the park, is it? No, it, uh, I still think three wins out of four should be enough for Dover. If they lose, that puts the pressure on with Tramley coming on the Tuesday. So it's a must-win game, Maidenhead. Haven't been in great form of late, but they beat Woking last night. But you know you're going to get some good players. Um, Clifford and Audacity in midfield for um, Maidenhead. Yeah, they've had a good season. And, they, you know, they dominated the Conference South last year. And I think they've done a lot better than a certain sides thought they would be, particularly when they lost Dave Tarpey. So, yeah, it's a big game. I'm expecting Bombard, aerial threat from both ends of the pitch. So, just hope they've got enough character to see it through. Just hope you don't get a crick in your neck by the end of that one, eh? <laughs> well, I think it will be direct football. As I mentioned earlier, Whistable, if you play the right formation and the right players, can be effective. Indeed. Well, thank you everyone for listening and thanks to the people that we caught up with for this week's show. Uh, much appreciated as always. Because um, I didn't have a script last week, I completely forgot to mention that we're on social media. I think you all know that anyway. But we're on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and we're on Facebook at Kent Non-League. If you want to drop us a line, then please do. It's johnphipps81 at outlook.com. Alternatively, you can find us on Twitter individually. I'm at johnphipps81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Um, yeah, as I say, another mad week and I get the feeling that this week is going to be another big one and maybe when we sat here this time next week discussing it we might just know a little bit more don't you think Matt? I'm sure we'll know a lot more about the next week particularly after the midweek games as well so well the season will be not 10 days to go after that so it's um, exciting times ahead so and it's good to see if, you know if we were talking about pod and all our sides in the middle of the table are not going for going anywhere It'll be a boring pod, but carry on listening to the pod because it's going to get really exciting. That's the thing. I mean, there was always a, a, a fear that the, the, this t- time of year we could have nothing to talk about. And I'm really glad to say that apart from in the Southern Counties East League, we've got no team sort of battling relegation, which is which is really good news. But we will be with you next week to see if we know any more. Are Dartford there? Are Seven Oaks there? What's going to happen? But as always, thanks to everyone for listening and we will speak to you all next week. I'm off the bio advocates.